The Mesa Chamber of Commerce Inside Business Podcast brings you a unique view of Mesa through its vibrant business community and the subjects that are important. The podcast is produced in the Mesa Chamber of Commerce Media Studio, sponsored by the University of Phoenix. Our podcast is hosted by Mesa Chamber of Commerce CEO Sally Harrison. Please enjoy this episode of the Mesa Chamber Inside Business Podcast. Hi, I'm Sally Harrison, the President and CEO of the Mesa Chamber of Commerce, and today we are in the University of Phoenix podcast studio with Mayor John Giles. How are you, Madam President? <laughs> I am good. good. I'm good. good. Yeah, lots going on in Mesa. <laughs> yes, always. But I mean, I, I know we're talking today about the election, which is, uh, I thank you for the opportunity to do that. This is an important topic, and I, I think it's... Uh, it's incumbent on us to get as much information out so people feel prepared to go to the to the go to the ballot box. That's right. And November is right around the corner. Absolutely. I am shocked how fast this year has gone. Amen <laughs> to that. Yeah, it has been crazy. So talk about why midterm elections are so important for the residents of Mesa. You know, sometimes I talk to people about the role that city government plays in their life because it's it's really uh, sometimes it's below radar. I mean, we, we all are very patriotic Americans. Right. And, and we would never we understand the importance of voting in a presidential election and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and see, know that's our patriotic duty and we have an obligation to vote. But when you look at uh, how, what role government actually plays in your life. State and local government has a whole lot more to do with uh, you and your life and, and your pocketbook and what happens and, and what government does or doesn't do for you, frankly, than the presidential election does. Absolutely. So uh, it, it, I think it's a good reminder for all of us, you know, that this this coming election, which is as, as a midterm election and pe- some people think, oh, it's, you know, I'm not as religious about voting in those elections as, mm-hmm. as other elections. That's that's not a good idea because we, we are electing governors and senators and uh, school board people and we're, right. we're amending the Mesa City Charter. And, you know, there, there's all kinds of, of issues on this ballot that have a direct impact on everybody's life in the city of Mesa. Well, and very important things. Absolutely. We have a big city. Yes. You have a big job. I have a great job. Uh, yeah, I'm grateful for this job. It's a lot of fun. And uh and I, I appreciate the opportunity to do it. What can Mesa residents expect to see on their midterm election ballot that will have the most impact on our local level? Well, uh, we have some some Mesa City issues. We have four questions for, for voters on mm-hmm. this ballot. And then we, we have uh, uh, in the primary election, we, we had three city council seats that were open every two years. You know, we elect half of our city council and the other two years we elect a mayor and the, the rest of the city council. So. Right. Three seats were open. Two of them were decided in the primary, mm-hmm. but one uh, city council seat remains to be decided in the general election. That's that's District Four, uh, Trista Glover and uh, and uh, Vice Mayor Jen Duff. So that will be resolved. Uh, Scott Summers in District Six and Alicia Goldforth in District Five were already elected in the right. primary. But uh, in, in so in addition to selecting our city council, there are four questions that that the, the Mesa City Council has referred to the ballot because uh, we need our voters to tell us what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, there's a question one and a question two. So as people are driving around town, they're going to see, maybe they're, they're a little confused because it's, it's in, the law tells us you know how we label these things. <laughs> and so there, there's two questions, question one, question two, and then there, there's two propositions, Prop 476, 477. So quickly, question one is home rule. Uh-huh. That might sound familiar because this is something that we vote on every four years. Yes. Uh, and it's very important. Home, yes. 
home rule goes back to the 1980s when when some people might remember Jerry Brown in California and that there was a movement back in California in the, 19, in, the, in the late 1970s to put limits on how much government could spend. Mm-hmm. And that movement made its way into Arizona eventually. And so in, in the early and uh, so right now we have a, 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 a law in Arizona that says that cities and towns can't spend per capita any more money than they did back in 1980. And so uh, we, in, in order to do that, we have to go to the voters and say, hey, voters, you have approved some additional funds for things like, you know, a public safety sales tax to, mm-hmm. to hire more police officers, more firefighters, to, or, or certain things that the voters have already approved. We can't spend that money unless the voters give us the authority to, to come up with our own budgets and spend the money that has previously been authorized by the voters. Mm-hmm. So that's this kind of awkward question we have to ask every four years. It, it, it does not raise taxes. Right. All, it's, all it says is that, yes, the Mesa City government, you can adopt a budget to spend the money that you have. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's question one. So we really hope that the voters understand that and vote for that so that we can deliver the things the voters have previously authorized us to do. Well, and the chamber has always supported that. I mean, it's really a no brainer. Yes, I, I agree that the, the, the chamber and uh, it, it's very seldom that you get people that are suggesting that we ought to not vote for home rule. The impact of that would, if it were to not pass, it would be pretty devastating. How many millions? Uh, about 80 or 90. I mean, it, it, we won't know until it happens because it's based on what the population is. And, you know, in, in comparison, the, the per capita for you know, compared to 1980. So I don't mean to make it complicated, but it would be 80, 90 million dollars. That means we would be laying off a lot of Mesa City employees. We'd be closing. I mean, I, I don't mean to oh, make sure. it sound more dramatic but than it is. But public safety would definitely be affected. There's no way we could avoid having an impact public safety. Yeah. So, um, yeah, police officers, firefighters, uh, fire stations, all those things would unfortunately feel the impact if that didn't pass. Um, moving on to question two. Yes. Bond program. Right? Yes. Yes. So uh, the way that we build things in the city of Mesa and everywhere else is, uh, is issuing bonds. These are for things that, that last more than 20 years, like fire stations and police stations, those, those types of things. And so uh, question two is a is a bond question, you know, saying, do uh, can the, the city of Mesa borrow money by issuing bonds to build, you know, certain uh, uh, long, things that last for in excess of 20 years, uh, and, and all of these are related to public safety. So specifically, we're talking about two new fire stations. Mm-hmm. As you know, the Mesa is, is growing very quickly. And as we do that, uh, we're developing new areas that don't have fire stations. Right. And so uh, our, that impacts our response time. Uh, you know, a, a police officer, can we can put them in a Tahoe and send them to the corner of Mesa, right? And, and, uh, and so in, uh, particularly for... Uh, for fire department response times, it's important that we build fire stations. Mm-hmm. So question two is, is all public safety buildings, it's two new fire stations, it's remodeling a third fire station, and then it's building a couple of buildings for the police department for, for uh, an evidence holding facility and remodeling their headquarters, which if you've, <laughs> if you've been into police headquarters. Yes, lately, I have. <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, it's a pretty rough building. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a desperate need of, of yeah of getting some some work it's not functioning as as well as we'd like it to and then uh i mentioned we're, we're hiring a lot of new police officers and firefighters right mm-hmm. now uh yesterday i was at our police and public safety uh training facility mm-hmm. 
and that there was not an empty parking place there. I mean, we are running two police academies a year and a fire uh, uh, academy every year and continuing to retrain all of our existing public safety people. So that building, that, that campus of buildings is overtaxed right now. And sure. so we need to, to make some improvements there so that we can keep up with our capacity to train public safety people. So, so those are the buildings that we, that we need to build for public safety. And in order to finance those, that's question two. Yeah. And, and you, you mentioned response time and people need to understand and remember that it's not just fire, right? It's fire and medical. Right. Yes. Right. Most of the, most of the times that the fire department is rolling into a call, Eighty-nine percent of the time, it's medical. Right. 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 So yeah, they, these really are life and death issues, and right. it's really important that we that we keep uh, up to date on having good public safety facilities. So the other two questions that are on the ballot, yes. uh, these and these are amendments to our city charter. Mm-hmm. People might uh, already understand that the, the the equivalent of the United States Constitution on the local, you know, the, the, the U.S. has a constitution, the state has a constitution, cities have a document called a charter. Right. So that that's the essentially our our constitution, and occasionally we have to update the charter because uh, you know things change or things evolve or you know there's better ideas. So so this year we have put two. Uh, Questions that Proposition 476 and Proposition 477 asking the voters uh, to amend the charter. Uh, 476 has to do with uh, allowing the, uh, the Mesa city manager to meet with public safety unions. Um, you talk about what meet and confer. Yes, thank what you. that is. Back when the Mesa City Charter was written in the early 1960s, uh, they put language in there that says that, that thou shalt not uh, engage in collective bargaining. In other words, the, 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 the folks who wrote the Mesa City Charter were concerned that uh, we could get into a labor dispute with our uh, public safety employees that might culminate in, a, in a, uh, a strike. Certainly the idea of police officers, firefighters going on strike, you know, that's pretty scary. So and now that's already against the state law. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the folks who wrote the charter said, well, what if the state law, law changes? You know, we want to just, you know. Uh, belts and suspenders at the same time. <laughs> so so let's have a, a Mesa City Charter that says, you know, we're not going to do that. We're not going to allow, you know, for a process because collective bargaining is this legal process where labor and management meet. If they, ha- they, if they declare an impasse, you know, it goes to arbitration and and strikes are always a, you know, a potential in that scenario. Uh, so, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's wisely, you know, they included this language that says we're not going to do collective bargaining with our employees. Now, the problem is that that's, that's kind of vague. And so does that mean, well, what is, you know, does that mean we can't talk to our employees? You know, if we, if we want to, we're in a very competitive workforce environment right now. And then mm-hmm. we are recruiting police officers and firefighters. We're competing with every other city sure. uh, as far as wages and benefits and so we want to be good employers and we want to talk to our employee groups and find out what their concerns are and address them. We can do that without collective bargaining. It's just, you know, sitting, the city manager is authorized to sit down and talk to the employee groups and uh, they can discuss how to be better employers, you know, what, what, uh, whatever concerns they might have. Mm-hmm. And it's not collective bargaining. It's called meet and confer. It's just what it sounds like. You know, get, sitting down and, and talking about our issues. So we think that we're already allowed to do that because that's not collective bargaining. Mm-hmm. But every time we do sit down with a labor group, 
you know, some people might ask the question, oh, it, you know, you're, you, you look, you're, you're waddling like a duck and you're quacking like a <laughs> duck. We think you're a duck. You know, we think you're, you're violating the charter. Yeah. And so just to eliminate that, mm -hmm. that cloud that might be over the process of talking to our employees, we're going to amend the charter. To, 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 we're going to leave in the prohibition against collective bargaining. We're just adding some language that says, yes, we don't do collective bargaining, but the city manager can sit down and, and meet and confer with employees. So, so we recommend it. We think it's a good, a good idea. We've mm -hmm. talked to the, some of the, the uh, folks who wrote the charter. They say, oh, yeah, that's not what we were. It was never our intention that the city manager couldn't talk to his employees. So good. we hope we, that people understand that. Good. So explain Prop 477. 477 is another, uh, because this, again, the charter was written back in the 1960s. It says that any time the city wants to spend more than, and I think this has even been updated, Anytime the city wants to spend more than $25,000, it has to be voted on at a city council meeting. Mm -hmm. Now, because we're such a large city right now. Spending that frequently, I'm sure. Yeah, well, yeah, it, I mean, there, there are, uh, there's a, a long list of laws that apply to uh, procurement. Mm -hmm. You know, anytime the city buys anything, it's, it's very much by the book, mm -hmm. you know, and very scrutinized and, and multiple bids have to be, you know, uh, solicited. And right. so it's very regulated. Uh, and and it's just this this number is become out of date because what the, this makes our, our city council agenda about an inch thicker than it needs to be. So uh, what this does is, is allow the city to just set by ordinance to, to, to raise that amount, you know, depending on how inflation, you know, uh, figures into things so that we are still talking about things that are important, big expenditures. Mm -hmm. But we're raising that threshold a little bit just uh, so we don't have so much bureaucracy going on. So th those are, you know, that's question one, question two, and proposition 476 and 477. So what happens if any of these are voted down at the polls? Yeah. I mean, outcomes could be pretty bleak. Well, yes, going back to that. Uh, that um, uh, the home rule. Home rule. Mm -hmm. That could, a few years ago, well, maybe a decade ago, uh, Tucson lost a home rule election oh my gosh and it was pretty devastating uh if you if, if you know anyone from tucson uh you know oh. for the last they've been trying to recover from that for the last decade or I so i can't even imagine and 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 I, i'm not trying to to disrespect tucson but but frankly the infrastructure there is is wanting i mean the potholes are the norm mm -hmm. if, if you go to an intersection in tucson uh and so the, it, it really it's 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 hard to recover from uh, from taking you know a 70 80 million dollar hit you know when that happens the the next time there's an election the voters are going to say oh my gosh we made a mistake we're going to you know th this place is falling apart mm -hmm. we're going to correct that mistake but in the meantime you know we'll have uh, at least two years mm -hmm. of, of having to live with we've got the money we just can't spend it um, so that that's uh, we, we are particular losing question one would be tough uh, question two is again the, the the bonds for those public safety buildings. That too, you know, would have a it, it, uh, a very harmful impact. It would put us again back at least a couple of years in our ability to keep up with the growth of our city. We couldn't build those those two new fire stations. We yeah. couldn't remodel the fire station. We couldn't build those police facilities. So, and that you know, not to, again to be dramatic, that will impact response times. Because oh, we'd have to. where your fire truck is coming from has a lot to do with how fast it can get to sure. your house. Um, and then so on the uh, charter amendments, um, you know, it, would, the, would the sky fall if the charter amendments failed? No. But we, we continue to have this 
this awkward uh, cloud over our head when it comes to talking to our employees. And we'd continue to have city council meetings and agendas that are longer than they should be. Sure. You know, it's, it, the, it, the bureaucracy would be less effective, you know, if we didn't update it. So all four of these questions, you know, uh, uh, were important enough that the Mesa City Council thought it was an, uh, a good idea for us to go to the voters. And, and I, I encourage everyone to vote yes on all of these. Well, I appreciate that. I, I think when you're talking to people about, when, when we are talking to people about the election, people see signs for elected officials, but the ballot measures are not something that most people understand. So if they have questions or want to get more information, get involved, what can they do? Yes. What you should be receiving, uh, if you haven't already, and I think you, you probably already have, uh, the publicity pamphlet. Mm -hmm. uh, that's required by law, that the, uh, and, and people can, uh, uh, and then there's in their statements from the city and from others that specifically say, here's the details, here's how much money we're talking about, and and, and hopefully that'll answer a lot of the questions you have. But there's also arguments in there from people that are pro both pro and con mm -hmm. uh, expressing their point of view. So I think that will help as well. Um, and then I just encourage people to ask questions. You know, the, the, the city cannot, uh, you know, try to influence the outcome of an election. So uh, city employees can't tell you how to vote. Uh, I am a city employee, but I'm also a politician. So I'm, I'm freed from the... <laughs> From the prohibition about trying to influence an election, uh -huh. I I obviously have my opinions, and, and uh, I'm I'm out trying to educate people, and and uh, like uh, like I've already said, uh, I, I encourage people to vote for for both both propositions and both questions, um, and then just regular kind of housekeeping questions about voting. I mean, obviously we want everyone to vote, so sure. uh, if if you have if you're not sure if you're registered to vote, if you don't know where you you know if if you want to request an early ballot and. Mm -hmm. And vote by mail, if you or if your preference is to vote live and in person on, on the day of the election. Those are all important questions, that, and the sooner you get the answers to those questions, the better. You know, mm -hmm. we're, you're you're more likely to be successful at this if you don't wait till the last minute. So, uh, there's a couple of good places to go to check up on that. One that I I just checked out earlier this afternoon, and it worked very very well. It's a, a website called theballotready.vote, and uh, it just asks some you know. What's your name? What's your address? And then it light, lights everything up and it tells you, yes, you've got a ballot coming. Or, oh, you know, nice. Yeah. And even after you vote, it'll, it'll tell you what the status of your ballot is. If, oh. if, if you mailed it yeah. and you want to, oh, gee, I wonder if they ever got my ballot. You know, th this is the website that you can go to. Very cool. So beballotready.vote. Awesome. Okay. Anything else people should know? Oh, if you if you haven't requested, you know, a lot of people like to vote, me included, like to vote by mail mm -hmm. because it gives me up. You, you can sit down at the kitchen table. You can call your friends, mm -hmm. your people that you think might know, you know, something of, that might influence the way you you, you you can just kind of take your time with it. Sure. So uh, October the 28th is the deadline to request an early ballot. OK, so if you if you don't like the idea of standing in line on uh -huh. Election Day. Uh, make sure, and, and, and you have, you're not already on the early ballot list. Uh -huh. October the 28th is the deadline to do that. Good to know. All right. All right. I think that's it. That's it? <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for taking time to come in. Oh, we appreciate thank, it. Thank you very much. We'll, we'll try to push this out because I think, again, there's we're anxious for people. It's, it's okay to disagree on this stuff. We just want people to, to have the facts so that they can make a well-informed decision. Great. Thanks again for coming in. Thank you, Sally.
This has been a Mesa Chamber of Commerce Inside Business Podcast. You can find all podcast episodes at iTunes, Spotify, or your own favorite podcast website. You can also find them online at mesachamber.org. Content of this podcast is copyright the Mesa Chamber of Commerce, unless otherwise noted.